Welcome back to the show. I am Chris from Ruthless Pro Wrestling. This is another excited episode of Madman Pondo Presents from the Mouths of Madness. And I am joined, as always, by Kelly Miller and fucking Madman Pondo. That's right. This week, uh, our spoiler movie is going to be, you know, and I don't feel bad for spoiling this one because it came out in 1982. So if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, but Lucio Fulci's The New York Ripper. Uh, we've talked about it several times throughout other episodes. Uh, we've laughed the- about it. We've, we've made fun of it. We've done, we have put this money, uh, this movie through the ringer. But tonight, we are going <laughs> to spoil the shit out. Yeah. Tonight, it gets its night in court. Uh, this is the one where the uh, killer sounds like Donald the Duck. He does quack. Yeah. And he's talking a really weird fucking voice that they give a really strange explanation for at the end. But that's the one we will be spoiling later. If if uh, Felucci ever did a, a Q&A, that would be my first fucking question. Why did the New York Ripper, where in your mind did the New York Ripper talk like Donald Duck? But that's for later. Go ahead, that's Christopher. For later. are you going to talk about? You start off. Chris? Who? You? You. Me? Yeah. Who's on first? You. You are. <laughs> What's on first? All right. Um, so I finally got around to watching the Candyman remake. Um, I know Pondo has some strong feelings about it. I think Kelly does as well. Yeah, uh, I I enjoy it a lot. I liked it. Personally, uh, I'm not gonna go too far into the storyline of it. Um because I think if you're a Candyman fan, you've probably already seen it by now. Uh, they just added it to Paramount Plus is how I watched it. Uh, they added all the Candyman movies. So I plan on uh, rewatching the whole original trilogy as well. Um, I, I really liked it. Um, it definitely toned down the gore quite a bit. They didn't show the kills, which is why Pondo doesn't like it. I mean, they show a lot of gore, but they don't really do the hook groin to gullet thing that uh, Tony Todd was so well known for. Um, I do think that they kept the spirit of it alive. Uh, I think that they came up with an interesting way to keep the Candyman lore going, uh, past Tony Todd, who, uh, Tony Todd is also in this movie. Um, try again. He is. He's How long? How long? Not very long. (laughs) That was my seller of this fucking movie. They, when they first. Announced it. I was excited about that as well. Yeah, they but said- I think they made up they uh they worked it into the storyline a good reason for it. All right, well, yeah. hold up. The the big thing that they the big seller, I mean, all the headlines was Tony Todd is signed for the new Candyman movie. I was in, right? So uh maybe a week, maybe a week, two weeks, it was supposed to come out. And then COVID hit and they pushed it, pushed it back. And I was really disappointed. I was like, damn it. Are you kidding me? And I think it took another whole year for this damn thing to come out from its release date. So maybe my, my expectations was higher than what they should have been. But if you say that you've got Tony Todd signed, sealed and delivered, then you put him in the fucking movie more than a minute and 22 seconds and it's just his head cgi'd i could have done that with my fucking cell phone on on 
some some other body. I mean, I just didn't understand why whoever is writing this movie should have said, you know what? We need to put more Tony Todd in this because people shit on part three when he was just the voice of the roller coaster. They should have known already. Put Tony Todd more in this movie. Then, like Christopher said, you see the hook come down. You see blood splat on the fucking wall. And then they go back to what happened. Hate that shit. That's not the Candyman. The first Candyman was vicious as fuck. And that's one of the big sellers of, of this movie. Those two facts. And they just didn't do that. So, yeah, I am not a fan of this. You guys already know I'm not a big story fan. And uh, maybe this had, you guys might agree with me, 15, 20 minutes of kills. The rest of it was all multiverse story and shit. There was, it was very oh. heavy storyline. I absolutely loved it, though. I think it did the original a lot of justice. It was, I, I, I'm a big Jordan Peele fan from most things that I've seen out of him so far. Actually, I'm going to talk about one of his movies tonight, but... Yeah, um, I don't know. Go on, Chris. Well, like I was saying at my review, um, <laughs> I took it uh, over. You guys bring up some very valid points. I think this is where uh, Pondo and I's uh, Pondo and I align a lot on movies, but we also disalign a lot on certain uh, aspects of movies. I'm I like, floating somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I like um, if you're not going to be schlocky and crappy and over the top, I like you to make me think or show me something I haven't seen before or something different. Um, I think they, they did a good job of setting up how they can keep this franchise going. I think it felt like they did what the new Halloween, the Gordon Green Halloween did, which is a direct sequel to the original film. I think that they presuppose that uh, Farewell to the Flesh and all those didn't happen. It was just a follow-up to the original Candyman because they did bring back uh, um, uh, Madsen's voice, the uh, the girl from the original one. She's she's a voiceover. They told her story on it. They told the Tony Todd storyline, but then they also incorporated another Candyman and, and how the, the myth of this could keep going and all that. Um, I thought that was interesting. There were certain aspects I did not like about it. I thought the laundromat character was uh, very heavy handed and didn't have much of a reason to be doing what he was doing. Uh, I did like how they brought the main character uh, was a, a character from the original movie or playing a character from the original movie. I thought that was kind of a cool tie in. Um, I normally hate remakes i'm gonna say that right now and it's not a remake it's a it's more of a meta sequel kind of in the way that pondo and i were talking off pod that the remake of the thing the most recent one is isn't a remake it's a prequel it tells a story what happened before the john carpenter movie and i liked that, that movie too even though a lot of people shit on it uh i would have disliked it better with practical effects like the original thing but I think this is kind of the same situation there where uh, I was expecting a bad remake um, and I was pleasantly surprised and I enjoyed it. Now, it's probably not anything I'll watch again. I'll give it probably three and say I, I loved it and I enjoyed it. Uh, that's worth giving it, giving it a, a, a watch once. And with that, I'm tagging out. Tagging Kelly, out. Kelly, 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 Kelly. 
All right. The next one I watched, I've been seeing it pop up on Shudder and I keep wanting to watch it. The name kind of threw, threw me off. But um, I figured it was just one of those movies with a fucking terrible name that just, um, I don't know, it's probably better than the name. And it is. Kind of, uh, I'm talking like about Stylist and the Queen of Spades and all these other fucking movies you watch. <laughs> yeah, dude, I give some bad movies a shot sometimes. Mm-hmm. This one wasn't so bad. This one wasn't bad. This one is 2021 Slapface. <laughs> terrible name. Terrible name. It is an awful name, but that's what deserved me from watching it before. And um, this movie's not exactly what I expected. The the director, Jeremiah Kipp, I was looking for other things that he made. It looks like they're all a bunch of short stories, nothing I've really heard of. This is actually a remake of one of, oh, I don't know if it's one of his short stories, but it's a remake of a short story. But anyway, it follows this uh, loner boy. His name's Lucas. His parents died. He's a uh, cared for by his older brother and um his older brother's kind of mean they're in this small shitty town they always play this game called slap face where you know they sit across from each other and slap each other in the fucking face hard as shit i love, I love watching that shit i i watch that shit religiously <laughs> uh, so i like watching the uh the russians do it they uh they take, that, <laughs> yeah, they take that shit real uh in fact quick plug and I'm in no way uh, attached to this guy, but there's a there's a guy that goes by the handle Chiseled Adonis on YouTube, and it's just him doing voiceovers of Russian slap uh, fights. <laughs> it's usually what I put on to go to bed. I laugh myself to sleep. Anyway, go on. <laughs> well, anyway, um, he, he plays this game with, called Slap Face with his brother all the time, and I mean, this comes into play later. There is a legend of this scary witch that lives in the woods behind their house in this weird... Um, or not weird, but this like old abandoned house. And this kid's kind of a loner. He gets picked on by everybody, even this group of girls. Uh, so this group of girls, one of them secretly likes him and is like the boyfriend or the girlfriend secretly when her friends aren't around. But they all dare him to go into this haunted house. And this kid ain't scared of shit. Like he goes into this house and he actually runs into the witch and he kind of befriends the witch. And um, throughout the, yeah, yeah. And the witch is kind of like, yeah. And the witch is kind of like looking over him and anybody that like hurts him, she starts fucking like kind of taking care of him and shit. So like when him and his brother, older brother, who's quite abusive, that's the thing about the game Slapface. Like it's not fair because this brother is like fucking 18 and this kid's like, I don't know, 10, 11. Like so when they play Slapface, like he's getting the shit kicked out of him, you know, like <laughs> but shit like that. And then eventually the witch starts like killing people and stuff like that. Um, This movie was more focused around like it had a deeper meaning and it was very focused around uh, like um, domestic abuse, like being abused by like your family members and shit. And it had a really strong message. Uh, The witch. I kept calling her slap face. I don't know. because The The witch was kind of cheesy. The face of the slap. (laughs) <laughs> right i don't know the witch was kind of cheesy looking like it wasn't like the greatest effects or the kills weren't that good but there come to find out there's a reason why the witch looked the way she did um i i'd give this one maybe like two and a half it was nothing awesome but it was better than i expected it so yep slap face i've been curious about this one but the name was so bad <laughs> 
Dude, yeah. I know, I know. Oh, I've oh, passed man. it up so many times, and then I finally caved you in. Talking to a dude who's watched Velocipaster and Killer Soap, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just slap face to seeing so but, stupid. Yeah, like the, there's a strong moral of like you know trying to get out of a domestically abusive situation in this movie. It, it became like really serious and like prevalent, you know. So yeah. Uh, ride one of those gigantic um, jackass hands that they use instead of a broom. <laughs> no, no, no riding no, hands. Okay. I think they really missed an opportunity with that. There would have been a good crossover with MTV for that. <laughs> it was all right. It was an all right movie. I didn't hate it. Tagging out. Tagging out. Uh, we had talked on a previous uh, podcast about Superhost which we all three loved because of the main character. Hell yeah. It's all right. Great. So I searched movies like Superhost, and a movie came up that I had never even heard of, but the, the poster even made it look pretty cool. It's called 13 Cameras. I'm going to go ahead, and that was in 2015. It was directed oh. by Victor Zarkov. I believe yeah, you can watch this one on Netflix. Yeah, uh, well, no, uh, Shutter for 13, and then the next one, because I'm going to combine them, 14 cameras, which was part two, was uh, an made in, in the mix. <laughs> which was made in 2018. Now, the interesting part is uh, Seth Fuller and Scott Husson directed this, but Victor Zarkoff wrote it. And the big seller in this, in both movies, is the main guy. Just like the girl in Superhost, this main guy is just a, a gross old man that, that does shit that you would expect a perverted old man to do, and he does it to the best of his ability. Isn't he, like, he, mildly handicapped or something, too? I'm sorry? Isn't he, like, mildly handicapped or something, too? Uh... I mean, he's I old. Think I watched the first one. I, I don't he's really old. He, he's not remember. really handicapped, but he, he doesn't get around the best. But then when he takes his shirt off, he's fucking jacked. He's like a jacked old man. So uh, the premise of this is he owns properties and he puts his own cameras in there. So when he rents the, the houses out, he can watch them. From his uh, from his apartment. Now I'm that's about as far as I'm going to go because I want people to watch it. Thirteen cameras and fourteen cameras. But while you're watching these movies, just watch how creepy and like if if this dude lived the next house down, you would be you'd be mildly worried about this guy. That's how how good a job he did. But uh. 13 cameras and 14 cameras. Um, 2015 for 13, 2018 for 14. I give it, I give, I mean, this, the, the story from 13 to 14 falls right into it. So go ahead and, and make plans to watch them both if you got the time. And I'll give it three and a half sawbacks. And with that, I'm tagging out. Um, I do think I watched the first one of these, but I don't really remember much about it. I think it might have been a night where I may have uh, imbibed a little too much. Yeah, um, I do remember being the guy being very creepy. Uh, doesn't he have some of that like kind of like 
looks over him or like abuses him too? No. Nah, I might have been thinking of something. Else. Uh, he, he's the fucking abuser all the way. All right. Well, uh, my first one, I'm going to talk about a TV show uh, I've been getting really into. Uh, it's on Hulu or not Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime and Paramount Plus. Uh, it's called Evil. Uh, I've talked to both these guys off pot about it. Uh, I've really been enjoying this thing. Uh, it's, it's kind of like the demonic version of the X-Files. Uh, what you have here is... There's a man that works for the church and his job is to determine if somebody is possessed or crazy because in his words is um, being possessed looks a lot like being crazy and being crazy looks a lot like being possessed. So he, in, in interest of being non-partial for the church, uh, it gets a couple experts involved. One of them's like, knows a lot about technology and things that could be happening in your house that could be making this noise or like if there's like copper in your pipes and that could be fucking with your pH, making you kind of crazy kind of thing. And the other one's a psychiatrist who can uh, determine, you know, like your mental state. And it's kind of just them. There's, there's a big wraparound story that's going through the whole thing, but each episode, you know, they're kind of focused on a different person. Uh, are they really possessed or not? And then there's a background story going on where this woman's got uh, the psychiatrist woman's got some open court cases. There is a character who is clearly a demon who knows way too much and can manipulate the world around her, who is fucking with her court cases. But at night, she's also dealing with sleep paralysis and a demon that comes and visits her in her sleep, which uh, I don't know if Pondo knows this about me. Kelly knows uh, I actually suffer from sleep paralysis myself and night terrors. Um, so it kind of really hit home a lot there. Um, <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> laugh at, woke up laugh to at that disability, Kelly. <laughs> I woke up to him beating me in the face with a pillow one night because of what oh, I was doing. Wow. Like he was falling out of the bed while taking a pillow and being like, ah, <laughs> like, and then I was like, what, what? I was more shocked. Like it didn't hurt. I was shocked, but I was like, what? And he's like, what well, night terror? Like, and then he explained like the dream he had, but it was, <laughs> I, yeah, it was fun, um, funny. <laughs> I quite often feel I see things. Uh, in my room with me while I sleep. Um, other times I can't move and I see shadows and shapes in my room. It's something I've dealt with my entire life. Uh, there's a there's a horror movie called The Nightmare um, that is like a semi documentary about sleep paralysis that goes into quite a bit with what I deal with in my life through that stuff, um, which hits really deep close to home. But yeah, I, I have some really fucking crazy sleep stuff. Uh, Producer Peapod. Got a little taste of it at one point, too. Uh, when we were out doing our show in Chicago, he had to come and wake me up, and uh, he he got quite the surprise when he woke me up. I, um, I woke him up very gently, like very gently, just like, hey. And then all of a sudden, I just get this, this loud yell from him, just yelling at me, and I just go, hey, we got to grab some cash. So-and-so's ride is here. We got to go. So <laughs> on the way home from Cleveland a couple weeks ago, he was we were on the expressway, he was sleeping in the back, and he's just like, turn left, turn left. And we're like, no, we're on the expressway, dude. <laughs> and then he said something about sheets. 
Are we going to Sheets? <laughs> Go to Sheets. We're already in like fucking no, like Genoa. That's not, that's not my sleep shit. That was me having <laughs> I know. It was still high and loving Sheets. <laughs> and the only reason we didn't end up in Sheets is you've never had Sheets and don't know what you missed. Well, the but, turn left was definitely you sleeping. <laughs> turn left. We're like, no. <laughs> I'm a Sheets, guy. Sheets, is, Sheets is great. I'm a sheets guy over that Wawa shit any day. I'll fight somebody over that shit. Kelly, you would love sheets. If you go in there and I've get never... yourself a Philly cheesesteak and be like, you know what? Throw mozzarellas and fried pickle stick or fried pickles in there. And they're like, word. Yeah, you'd love it. I, I've, I've never had so many or Wawa. I've took so many wrestlers to West Virginia and I'm like, we're going to go to sheets. And they're like, what's that? And I say, it's gas station food. And the first reaction is, what? Why are we going to gas station food? By the time they leave that motherfucker, they're like, oh, my God, we need one of these in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> no, I never when I'm been. in Kentucky or uh, when I'm in West Virginia for your shows, Pondo, it's uh, it's Biscuit World during the day, Sheets at night. Hell, yeah. But anyway, uh, back to the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, very mu- very reminiscent of the X-Files, but it has its own thing going. It's very creepy. It's not low budget at all. Uh, it gets gory at times. Uh, it also does something really cool to where it's not always something supernatural or demonic. Sometimes they can explain it and it's fine. So like, it kind of keeps you guessing from episode to episode what's going on. You know I mean? There's what could be possibly possessed murderous kids, or he could be a psychopath. Like there's this nine year old that wraps his little sister up in a towel and throws her in the pool. And sit there having a conversation with his parents, why the, the kids drown and uh, not realizing it's behind him. You know, like it's, it's a very, it's, it's it doesn't worry about being shocking uh it doesn't pull any punches it's got a good budget got good cast mm-hmm. i'm only halfway through the first season there's two seasons right now um so <laughs> so uh evil uh i can't give it a saw bat rating because i haven't seen the whole series and i don't think that's fair to do because you know a lot of a lot of series crap the bed in the end or get better um but I would say right now I'm hooked to the point where uh, I'm watching at least two episodes a day, uh, usually right before bed. Probably not a good idea with what I deal with, uh, but um, evil. Check it out. Paramount Plus, uh, Amazon, uh, with that tagging out. Is it me? Yeah. Uh, I am going to talk about one that I just kind of stumbled across that was on Prime, I believe. This one is called Game of Death. Um, I didn't recognize anything. Not to be this... confused with the Bruce Lee movie from the seventies, which was no, which was no. great when Bruce Lee was fighting, but shit, the rest of it. Game of Death. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, there was a game called Game of Death from. It was a Bruce Lee movie from the seventies, but not. Nah, so this is a horror movie. It's a modern. No, yeah, this is 2017 horror movie Game of Death. I think the original release was in France, but it's not a French movie. It's not in French. It's it's in English. Um, it basically follows this group of millennials. Um, they end up at somebody's vacation house. They're doing what they do and getting drunk by the pool. And then they all start banging, banging each other in other rooms. And that's what they do know. in France. That's well, hey, Pond, no, that's you take a trip to France. Well, you know, Have you I know been to France. <laughs> I've never been to France. Anyway, but they're all banging by the pool, banging in other rooms, fucking banging. And then uh, while the one girl's banging the one dude, she notices this game across the room. 
<laughs> she notices the game across the room and she's like, hey, look, a board game. We should all play a board game. And it's very like Jumanji style, kind of like Jumanji meets a Tamagotchi, you know, <laughs> it's real weird. It's got like a digital screen, kind of like 80s, 8 bit looking. But there's like these little things. Uh, there's this skull screen in the middle and there's these little things that everybody puts their fingers on to start the game. And of course there's like this, like um, he's a conspiracy theorist, one of the millennials. And he's like, no, man, they're going to no, they're going to read our, but they eventually talk him into playing it. Well, they put their finger on these little holes in this game and uh, instantly like it pricks their finger and draws blood and sucks it into the, into the middle of this game thing. And it counts all the people are there. And then uh, 24 starts on this digital screen. The 24 starts counting down. And apparently, like, the rules, there's the only rules of this game is kill or be killed. So basically, if you don't kill somebody per hour, somebody's head explodes that's playing this game. It was very reminiscent of, like, Jumanji and that Japanese one that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, not Battle Royale, more As the Gods Will, that one that I talked about oh, a few okay. weeks ago with the heads exploding. Well, the first kid that had, you know, they see the 24 and they're like, fuck this. I ain't playing this anymore. They all go back to drinking by the pool. And the one kid, like his head kind of starts swelling up and then just plow, it just fucking explodes. And um, the they all think that there's a sniper or something outside. So they all go in the house and shit like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. But there was no, I mean, you can watch the kid's head like fucking, you know, get big and like explode. But anyway, it turns out they got to kill somebody per hour or their head explodes. Um, There's some really fucking sweet kill scenes on this. Uh, At one point, like it gets all cartoony, a lot like the adult swim show Super Jail. Yeah. And there's some like, uh, like brutal killing scenes and like Super Jail style. I like it. It was all right. It was pretty cheesy. The characters are annoying as fuck, but um, the kill scenes were good. It's worth a watch. Two point two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the best movie. I see what they were going for, but I feel like they missed the mark on it. You know. What was it called? It was called Game of Death. Game of Death. Two thousand seventeen. Yep, it's on Prime. Tagging out. Yeah, tagging out. It was all right though. My next one. This happens to me. This has happened to me a few times, but at at Chris's last show, uh, I we were handing out flyers for the Mouth of Madness uh, podcast, and this guy started going over all these horror movies with me, and he started talking to me about children shouldn't play with dead things. Oh yeah. All right. So I go to a lot oh, of horror yeah, movies. Huh? Huh? Did it happen again? Huh? Let me guess. You never saw it. No, at your show. Yeah, that's that's yeah. why I thought about doing this. So I've been to a bunch of horror conventions, and I see people wearing children shouldn't play with dead things T-shirts. Uh, I see merchandise for it. But uh, getting back on topic, this guy started talking to me about the movie, and he was like, "Yeah, man." Was that not cool when all those children was killing people? And I'm like, the children didn't kill anybody. And that's when shortly he had to go. Like he had something else to do because he knew that he was fibbing about watching this movie. 
But that's not the only time that's happened. That's happened to me a few times. So uh, already the main character, he plays a director in the movie. Oh, it came out in 1972, and Bob Clark is the real director, but there's a director in this movie. Bob Clark, is, also known as the guy who directed Black Christmas and uh, A Christmas Story, but continue. That guy. But that uh, a cool fact. The, the director that's in this movie is the most aggravating motherfucker that's been in the movie for a while. I mean, I was just so annoyed by this dude. But uh, they get the idea to go to an island and dig up a dead body to do a seance. Well, already you know that dead body's going to come to life. But somehow they woke up everybody in the graveyard. So it's a very shitty version. It's a very shitty zombie movie. And this one is a zombie movie. But um, it's just people has put this movie over to me. I don't know how many times, but I'm not sure how many people has watched this movie because I think it's shit. I think it's terrible. So, but I would give it, I would give it one and a half, one and a half saw bass just because I guess it's a classic. I don't see why, but uh, what do you think, Christopher? Um, I think a lot of people get this one confused with uh, Beware Children at Play. Which that is, might be what I was thinking, the trauma one. That yeah, is exactly well, where my it's, head it's not went. Made by trauma. It's one of the ones that trauma distributes, but it's a ah, knockoff yeah. of porn where all the kids are killing the adults. Uh, but no, I mean, this one, I wouldn't call it a classic. Um, it's cool. It's it's a PG horror, which is interesting. Um, it's interesting that Bob Clark did it because he ended up doing the original Black Christmas and he ended up doing uh, A Christmas Story, which is, you know, A Christmas Story is so far opposite of this but <laughs> wow that's interesting you go out of your way for it i'd give it i'd give it two tops i have a copy i think i've watched it once and with that i'm tagging out to you christopher all right my next one um this is one of my uh favorite uh little underlooked uh uh werewolf movies i very much enjoy werewolf movies but the problem is most of the time the werewolf looks like shit this will have the best-looking werewolf I have ever seen in a horror movie that's not CGI, and this is Bad Moon from 1996. Better than um, American Werewolf in London's? Um, I still think this one's better just because... Really? It, wow. Well, this came out uh, when technology was a little better, and it just looked more realistic in its movements. And, like, you know, the transformation scene's not as good as London, um, but... London also had more of the, the biped uh, wolf, you know, like on four legs. And this was yeah. the, or actually this one was a biped on, on its two like hind legs. Um, this was based on a short story called Thor, which was just about a dog fighting a werewolf. And they, they filled in the whole thing around it. Um, this is 1996. Basically what you have is there's a man who uh, he is out in the woods banging his girl, good titties there, um, and they get attacked by a werewolf. She dies in a very spectacular manner. He ends up being turned into a werewolf. He's trying to avoid his family to keep them safe um, 
because you know he's changing and murdering shit. But his sister, who's an attorney and a single mom, who's got this little blonde boy and a, uh, a, a German shepherd named Thor, the, who the book originally was about was just about him and this dog. And uh, the little blonde kid's played by the kid who played Dennis Me- the Menace in the live action movie. And this was like the movie right after. So it looks like Dennis the Menace fighting a werewolf. And the, the latest stars in it was uh, in one of the seasons of Star Trek. But uh, this is a very realistic take on the werewolf trope um she basically forces her brother who is the werewolf to who's going through hard times you know uh, like i said the, the girlfriend got killed well in everyone thinks it was this this weird accident that happened in the woods and you know he's grieving so he lives in this trailer they get him to move the trailer in the backyard he's living out in the trailer the dog the entire time knows something's up so anytime that, the, that he tries to get around the family, you know, the dog's like not having it. Like, no, fuck this. There's something off with you, bro. Not having it, not having it. Um, at night when he knows he's going to change, he, he handcuffs himself to a tree, does that old trope, try to save the family. Eventually that doesn't start working out. Uh, the dog starts really realizing he's a threat, attacks him when he's in human form. He gets the dog taken away um, by the, the humane society. And now no one's protecting his family. So what happens is, is the, the kid uh, goes and rescues the dog while the werewolf is, is running hellside all over the, the countryside and, and attacking the family. And he brings back the dog and they have a big showdown. Um, this isn't very hard to find. I think you can watch it for free on Tubi and Hulu and Prime, I believe. Um, it's very easy to find. It's extremely good. It's well acted. A lot of gore. The werewolf looks fucking incredible. Like it's some of the best werewolf effects I've ever seen. So uh, if you're looking for a really fun werewolf movie, it's a lot of fun. Um, Bad Moon, 1996. Check it out. Man, this one pops up in my suggestions all the time, and I, I keep passing over. I don't know why. You never I, watched Bad Moon? I don't think so. I, I really see, uh, love it. I want to see Dennis Menace versus the werewolf. I think that sounds interesting. You haven't seen Bad Moon either? I'm the only one? No. Yeah, I guess so. I'm telling you guys, Bad Moon. This is, this is uh, I give it four just because, you know, it takes a lot to get a five out of me. But when it comes to werewolf movies, this is like cream of the crop to me. I put it up there with like Dog Soldiers, Silver Bullet, uh, American Werewolf okay. in London. I do I put, love I some I werewolf movies. Some of those movies. Um, watch, watch Bad Moon. With that okay. tagging out. Is that me? Oh, uh, the last one I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, it's weird that you brought up Candyman with it being Jordan Peele. I'm going to talk about Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, my boyfriend hadn't seen it, so we just kind of threw it in the other night. And I was like, fuck, yeah, let's talk about that one. It follows, follows Adelaide. Um, in the beginning, it shows her in 1986. She goes to the Santa Cruz beach where there's a, like a fun house. She kind of wanders away from the parents, get lost in the mirrors and sees like the back of herself, it looks like. And then it fast forwards to modern day. Um in the modern day, like she's got a family now. She's got a daughter and a husband and they can't live too far from there. And her husband's just like, you know what? We haven't went on a vacation in a while. Let's go to the beach. And she's like, oh, no, we're not going to that beach. And of course, they go to Santa Cruz. Um, her son, Jason, wanders off for a second. She freaks out, but they end up finding him. That kind of comes up a little later. Um, later, somebody breaks in. There's uh 
the dad, the, the little girl notices there's a family like out on the driveway and the dad goes out to check it out. And then a- as they get closer, he realizes that uh, the fan. Well, the kids like scatter and then they eventually make their way into the house. Once they get into the house, they realize that that family looks exactly like them. It's basically doppelgangers of them. Um, so they're trying to separate the family and take them their own different ways. Uh, ultimately kill him come to find out this is going on in the whole city and there's a whole backstory that like there's a whole thing uh apparently like there's a there's a army of shadow people i don't want to get too far yeah yeah i'm not gonna get too far into this one but it is all about the fun of the movie yeah yeah i know i know i'm forgetting that we're not spoiling this one but yeah um it's about like doppelgangers, doppelgangers that are, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. I can't, there's a lot, I can't say without giving it away, but this has a lot to deal with. Like there's a lot of metaphors and class divide and like equality. There's layers to this movie. I personally really enjoyed it. I'd give it a three and a half. I want to know where that multiverse got all them red coveralls and scissors. At. Yeah. The red coveralls and scissors. Yeah. See, I don't want to say too much. I can I can deep dive into this one quite a bit, but I don't think we should in the non-spoiler section. I know. I started so to, but I can't. At one point, maybe we want to do an episode on us. We can. Maybe when Nope comes out, we can do like maybe just a Jordan Peele kind of thing. Yeah, um, I would like that. Um, I did find some fun facts about this movie. He, uh, Jordan Peele, when he was making it, he gave the cast eleven horror films to watch, so they would have like kind of a feel for what he was trying to do. Those films were Jaws, Dead Again, The Shining, The Babadook, It Follows, A Tale of Two Sisters, The Birds, Funny Games, Martyrs, which I didn't, I don't see that very much. Uh, Let the right one in in the Sixth Sense. So, Why Jaws and the Birds? I, I, you know, I just seen that list and I just thought it was something interesting to throw in here about that, huh. that movie. Um, I think Jaws, by the way, he builds suspense because Jaws is very much a suspense movie. Yeah, I can see that. The way the suspense builds in this one is... Not only that, uh, um, uh, the feeling of the sheriff not being able to protect the people, like like when they're seeing all the shit going down, not being able to protect kind of thing. But also, I think maybe he's talking about tone as well. Yeah, perhaps. But yeah, I, um, I would definitely recommend this. I'd say three and a half, three and a half, four even. It was different. It deals with a different concept that I haven't really seen in horror movies, and that's rare these days, you know? To see something really new. I really enjoyed Us a lot. Uh, most people call it the more inferior of the two between that and Get Out. I actually enjoyed this more than Get Out. Get Out I more, had more of a um, more of a, of a heavy, heavy story to it. They both do. But this one leaned a little more into genre, which I liked. Uh, gore. Um, I thought that there was some good comedic bits in it. There were, and, you know, um, there was a lot of stuff I picked out um, within the movie that if we ever want to do like more of a deep spoiler thing, like uh, even in the beginning, um, when they're doing the intro credits, um, it shows the TV and there's some VHSs against the TV. Mm. All those VHSs have something to do with the storyline. So they have Chud, which oh. is... Uh, uh, Subhumanoid underground dwellers or cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Um, the stuff 
that that a few uh, that all like kind of tied in. But there there was a there was a lot going on that I really enjoyed in us. I would give it four. I liked it better than Get Out, and I liked Get Out. I'm really looking forward to Nope. Uh, Me too. That looks really cool. It looks like we it should has do a, a deep dive like into that when it comes out. I, I know uh, Pondo will probably use his movie pass to go see it. So maybe when it comes out, we'll all hit the theater and do an episode on it. But I, I definitely like us. I, I give it four. Yeah. Three and a half, four. Yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah, that was one of the uh, things that we uh, cleaned up on on uh, uh, music trivia at the, the horror restaurant. Oh, yeah. They, played, uh, they were like, what horror movie is this from? And they played, I got five on it. And I leaned in and I was like, yo, it's us. And you're like, are you sure? I was like, yes. The whole yep. Yeah. They I wasn't on that too. Yeah. Well, that's Starting the thing. Is, um, I think that the horror, the horror house, it's it's you know, it's something to us like hardcore horror junkies would really appreciate. But the, like when it came to the trivia and stuff, it felt like they were like lobbing softballs so everyone could have a they good were. time. I, I told you I went to one in uh, Florida, right? No. Oh. Right next to the building. Oh, wait, yeah, the, the one that's next to No Peace. Yeah, you told yes. us about it because it had the street trash thing. It had the I street went to trash a... thing. That, what, uh, so they charged for you to get in, but they're playing a horror movie on the wall, and they said, if you can tell us what that horror movie is, you can, you can get in without paying. And I looked over, and within seconds, I said, Uncle Sam. And they said you are the first one that knew that that what that movie was. And I can't believe you've seen Uncle Sam. That's a some Uncle Sam. I don't think so. Episodes back, we were t- talking about uh, back when they used to like really doctor up VHS uh, covers to get people to rent them. That was one where they had the Uncle Sam wants you poster, and he looked like yeah. a zombie, and they they had it like his fingers sticking out of the box and. You tagging out, Kel? Yep, yep. Um, I did want to say, because you were talking about horror restaurants. Years ago, I went to this one in New York City called Jekyll and Hyde's. And it was a couple stories. Like, that place was cool as shit. Like, if you push down on the elevator, it would go up. It was kind of like a fun house in the way. There were actors and shit walking around while you ate. I don't think it's there anymore, but that place was amazing. It is. Yes. It's moved. And they've actually opened a second restaurant, too, that uh, is named after... Um, yeah, what's it called? It's named after the the pub from American Werewolf in London. It's the um, something's head. The slaughter or the uh, slaughtered. The slaughtered something. This, this, uh, fuck. I don't know. No, I don't know. Mm-mm. Slaughtered lamb or something like that. Slaughtered lamb. That sounds right. But so they have a couple. Uh, and the only reason I know that is there's another podcast. It's not even a horror podcast I listen to. Um, but one of the the hosts is a horror movie junkie. And he has a sandwich shop called Joey Rose's in New York. And his uh, sandwich shop, he's a horror movie junkie, is right next to this Jacqueline other place. Hyde. That's, awesome. That's um, awesome. And he was talking about how, you know, he incorporated horror movie stuff into his thing, too. So it was yeah, that had to be like 15 years ago when I was there. That place was amazing. And last time I looked it up, it wasn't. So if the, it must have reopened or something. That's awesome. I think yes. they closed it down and moved it is what happened. Word. So <laughs> the next one I want to talk about is 2019, directed by Andrew Merritt, and it's called Rot. R-O-T, Rot. So 
I was looking for something to watch, and I started uh, skimming through Shutter and came across that. So I thought, oh, this this might be cool. The box is so misleading. Nobody rots in this movie. Not one person rots in this movie. It's a demon possession movie. Uh, A girl, a girl's boyfriend works at the old folks home and they give no reason for this to happen whatsoever. An old lady grabs the boyfriend, pulls her down on him, starts kissing him, which puts the demon inside of him. And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say, I would hit this motherfucker with two stop signs. It was that bad. There was a, uh, there was a fuck up that they left in the movie. There was, there was a girl who just got off. Okay. So, uh, the main character, they are setting up a search party because he's went missing. So the main, one of the main girls gets off her phone and they said, are you ready to go? And she goes, yeah, I just got to get my phone out of my car. And then she thinks about it and she goes, I mean, my phone charger. No way was that wrote in the script. But I don't know why they left that part. rolling. <laughs> they they left that fuck up in the movie. That's just how how they didn't give a shit about this movie. Now the main actress at the end gets for no apparent reason. Okay, I don't give a fuck about spoiling this one because I don't want people to watch it. The, the <laughs> guy, the guy, who got, the guy who got possessed for no reason whatsoever comes into the room where his girlfriend is and he has this strange cock this long and he comes over to her and, and he's strange like strange cock you, you you need to you need to become one of us we want you to become one of us so she takes off all her clothes and the fake penis of course comes up because why wouldn't it so he goes over to her and Absolutely. she takes a knife and she cuts the penis off, which kills that guy. Not not from bleeding to death, just snip and he dies. I mean, it's just a ridiculous fucking movie. And it's not a zombie film. It's uh I mean, I'd want to die if somebody cut my cock off. I'm sorry? I'd want to die if somebody cut my cock off. So well, true that. But it, it it's a demon um, transfer from person to person, but stays in the person. When she, it's just kind of like two falling. stop signs. Two Remember stop falling? signs hit that motherfucker. <laughs> Andrew like Merritt. That? Andrew Merritt needs his ass kicked. That's that's how bad this movie was. And with that, I'm tagging out. I didn't like Rod either. Fuck that movie. No, I didn't what, see what was your take on the movie? What was I trying was, to get out of that? I was bored as fuck most of the time. The acting was weird. Um, the cock thing was stupid. It felt like it was trying to be shocking, and it couldn't be. Yeah. And the only thing I had going for it was a cool cover and a good name. Yeah, but nobody rots in this movie, so why name it Nobody that? rots. That would have been much better for a zombie movie, really. Something, something. But go, uh, Chris, that's you. 
All right, we're going to go down to my uh, my uh, strange or unusual suggestion. I know you Pondo has seen this one. I think Kelly's seen it too. Uh, this is 2013's Frankenstein's Army by Richard Raphorst. Have I seen this? I don't know. Um, it's mm-hmm. very similar to Overlord, but this come, came out before Overlord. Um, it's basically a group of soldiers in World War II find this bunker. And they go into this bunker... Uh, they're they're trying to find cover from you know they're retreating some people are injured they're trying to find cover they find this bunker go down into this bunker well it turns out it is this mad scientist that works for the nazis dr frankenstein so it's it's basically the story of frankenstein but he's he works for the nazis now okay and this entire bunker is full of these experiments he's been doing so it's not just like one frankenstein there's like dozens and the character design or the creature design in this is super cool. Like everything looks really, really cool. Like, uh, if I mean, just Google, just Google what the characters in this thing look like, and you'll want to watch it. I will say this: it's 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 made by a guy. It's written, directed uh, by a guy who's a special effects artist. So the the storyline is not great. However, the special effects are fantastic. The gore is fantastic. The action fantastic gore. Yeah. It, I mean, this is if you're going in for storyline, don't bother. It's yeah. it's mad scientists in a bunker with a bunch of mutant freaks ripping up soldiers. That's all you're gonna get. However, it's the creature design was really cool. The way the special effects looked was really cool. Um, a lot of good gore. Uh, it's not hard to find. And it's Short. Uh, I couldn't recommend this one enough. I bought it from the Dollar Tree, if that tells you how easy this thing is to find. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I bought mine from uh, a dollar store as well on Blu-ray for like five I've bucks. definitely seen it at the dollar store, but no, I don't think I have watched this one. But I can picture the cover. Here, here's the one that I also got. Frankenstein yeah. versus the Mummy. So I'm going to check that out. That was a dollar as well. But I think this is the same Frankenstein. No. No? No, because his all looks like all like had like metallic bulbs and like yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. blades for hands. And anyway. Um, but yeah, this one was a lot of fun. Uh, it's short. It's bloody. Turn your brain off. Grab some corn. Yeah. Uh, this, don't, this don't, ex- don't expect don't expect great great acting don't expect great story but uh yeah well, like great Chris special said, effects though yeah great special effects so i'll give this one i'll give this one uh three three and a half uh it's a go-to for me like uh i have a tendency to put movies i've seen before on before i go to bed just so it doesn't matter if i pass I out this is one i like to throw in because it just it's it's fucking eye candy. And incidentally enough, I actually ended up seeing a short film by this guy that is what got turned into this movie. And I didn't realize it until I was watching the DVD extras and it was on there. But they made this really cool short film, like as a like proof of concept to get the budget for the movie. And it's these kids uh, playing on a beach and they start hearing like war sirens going off, like they're about to be invaded. And you start seeing all these planes going over and they all have swastikas on the side. And then you start seeing all these paratroopers coming in and they start freaking out like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And a paratrooper lands right in front of them and he's face down and the the 
parachutes covering him, and when he pulls the parachute back, he's a full-on fucking mutant, you know, Frankenstein beast thing and murders the children. That's all it was. But, like, the visuals of that was so cool. I was like, man, I hope they make this into a movie. You know, this is kind of cool. And then here it is, Frankenstein's Army. So check it out. Tagging out? Tagging out. That was the last of mine. That's I, yours? Yeah, I only had three this week as well. Oh, well, I have one more. All right. Because I've okay. been excited about it. Do it's it up. Called, it's called Death Race 2000. And for the longest time, I thought this was a Roger Corman movie, but I got to looking and a guy named Paul Bartel directed this movie. 1975, which might throw some people off like, oh, it's just one of those old ass movies. But this movie to me still stands up to today. Uh, David Carradine is is a character named Frankenstein. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is a character named Machine Gun Joe Viterbo, who does an excellent job. And this was before Rocky, yeah, I right? Was a, I believe this was his first acting gig post-porno. Nah, yeah, I was going to say he did a porno, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, this, but- this is like his first legit acting gig past the porno. I think this is actually how he got the money to make Rocky was between this and the porno he made. And uh, the hmm. guy from... Uh, Cobra Kai is Nero the Hero. Do you know his name, Christopher? I don't off the top of my head, but I've seen this um, movie. When uh, he's done talking, I have a lot to say about this movie. Yeah. Kelly knows this. The, the girl uh, who plays Matilda the Hun, she did a lot of the women prison movies back in the day. And then uh, Calamity Jane. Uh, women in prison, women of the SS. Yeah, she's in all of them. Yeah. He's and a then, Roger Corman regular. And then... Calamity Jane, who was she, Robert? Her and her husband did so many movies together. Uh, Eating Raul. Eating Raul. Eating Raul, yeah. She was the female in that. But um, so this is in the future. And there is a sport where they drive across country and get points for killing people, for hitting people. I really, I believe believe it's because of overpopulation. Like there's a population boom or something, and like it's either way, this movie kicks ass. But um, what I'm trying to explain, I would go even farther in this movie, but so many cool things happen. I don't want to spoil a thing. I want people to go out and find now, not this Jason Statham bullshit. I don't even know what that fucking was, but the 1974. 75 Death Race 2000 starring David Carradine is I can't tell you how many times I've watched it. I love it so much. I watched it when it was on regular TV until it finally came out on DVD and then I watched it on DVD a bunch. So it's probably one of my most watched movies. Uh, what, what was you going to say, Christopher? Um, I have a lot to say about this one. Hey, Kelly, do you own a copy of Death Race 2000? No. Do really, I? you don't? Because I'm pretty sure I gave you one. I thought I should. Death Race. All right. So we have a local video store called Allied Record Exchange, and they have what's known as the Dollar Bin. Yeah, we've both um, worked there. There's so many uh, different versions of Death Race. You can always find copies of Death Race 2000 in the Dollar Bin. 
Um, oh, I do have this movie. I do. Yes, you do. Everyone I know has this movie because of me. <laughs> I literally, anytime I see this movie in the dollar bin, I will buy every copy and I will just give them to my friends. Everyone I know, almost everyone I know, owns a copy of Death Race 2000 because of me. I fucking adore this movie. It is so much goddamn fun. I've watched it a thousand goddamn times. I've given most of the people I care about in my life copies of this fucking movie. I did the same thing with the Goldberg movie, the Bill Goldberg movie, um, Santa Slay around Christmas. Oh, yeah. I do the same thing with that. Um, but I adore Death Race 2000. It is such a good movie. I will give that at one of my few five Saul Bat ratings. It is too good. Uh, seeing pre any acting chops, Sylvester Stallone is pretty great in this. And they got, he's playing like a mobster. So his car has like, like fucking switchblades on the front. And he's got like tuxedo um, uh, patterns down the side of his helmet. It's just a fun time. It's a yeah, great. I should have, I should have mentioned that. Not only is the movie cool, but all five cars match their characters. Like Frankenstein's yeah. car is like a monster car. Machine Gun Joe Maturbo is a, a gangster car. Nero the hero, I think it has like the uh, the the little wings that the Romans used to wear. Yeah, it's like a side. like a Roman Colosseum kind of vibe. Uh, Matilda, the Hun's, Matilda the Hun's car has a big uh, cannon that they never use, and then Calamity Jane's is like a cowboy cowboy car. Uh, just for the cars alone, this is worth uh, watching, but. The things that happen in this movie is stuck in my brain. Like I, I'll, I will never not want to watch Death Race 2000. Like if I see it playing on the TV or I, I have the DVD, the Blu-ray and I watch the Blu-ray. I don't know how many times it's, it's like when I'm going to sleep and I don't have nothing to watch Death Race 2000 pops in there. So I want everybody to watch this movie. I as well. Uh, I have given out, Probably over a hundred copies of this movie. That wow. No um, I know Kelly at first said she didn't own a copy, probably because she never bothered to watch it. Like I own a lot of movies. <laughs> I, I promise I'll watch it. I will give you guys each my full review. Um all right. <laughs> Death Race 2000 is an all-time favorite of me. I have not even bothered to watch a single frame of any of the remakes just because I know it's gonna be trash. They they made a direct sequel. Roger Corman made a direct sequel to it. Uh, a couple years back that I was really excited for and it it really tried to be in the same vein not at all and, well the cars no, look dumb i uh, understand but but they at least tried to make it the same world as the original movie as opposed to jason statham like mad max look you know they they had the themed cars and all that crap it just it just didn't land but yeah death race 2000 um and uh um Peapod, I know you're listening. Uh, you're gonna. I got a copy coming your way too. So, <laughs> I actually, I literally have a box of these still in my house. I buy them every time I see them, and I just give them to people. <laughs> but with that, you tagging out? Yeah. It's All right, fine. let's drop the uh, the old draw bridge to spoiler town. We're gonna spoil a movie that's fucking. 40 years old <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen this one you have been paying attention to horror this one's good 
this well, is, but you uh, might you might just not be a, a Giallo like Lucio Fulci fan because this is more one of his his bigger, not his biggest, but one of his bigger films. But the the main is, weirdness of this is the main killer talks <laughs> like Donald Duck. Well, uh, quacks like Donald Duck. I mean, I just want to shake Felucci and say, why did you do that? Oh, and they totally, they totally acknowledge it in the thing too. Like he talks like a duck, like, you know, I say it like four or five times, but before we get too far into it, I should say this is 1982's New York Ripper. We haven't said that we said at the beginning, but not since we've dropped the old draw bridge to spoiler town. And you can Um, watch this right now on shutter. That's yeah, you can watch it on Shutter, and even in the description on Shutter, it says uh, a, a killer uh, with the voice of Donald Duck. If Robert England's voice would have been in this, it would have said "voice of Freddy Krueger." I think uh, Fulci does a little better than that. Well, you know what, what's strange is this one is so ADR, like it's. They, they they definitely did not record any of the original dialogue, and they just have people talk over top of everybody, and it's so funny. <laughs> the uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the one girl in the hospital bed at the end, it's not Donald Duck, but it's damn close. There's a little doll yeah. sitting there. Of, oh, of, I didn't even notice that. I didn't yeah. even totally yeah, whatever. The phone. It's like attached to the phone, isn't it? I don't know. I, I thought it was just like a plastic, cheap-ass doll that they had found somewhere. It looked like they glued it to the hand receiver of the phone, though, because she was waiting for... We're, we're already at the end of this movie now. We haven't even talked about I it. Mean, but, uh, <laughs> I mean... Okay, so... I'm sorry. Let, let's back up. So, uh, the kill scenes are cool, but if you know anything about Felucci, he doesn't give a shit Bolt whether G. you... Bolt huh? Fulci. That guy... <laughs> he, doesn't give a shit. he doesn't give a shit whether you believe his shit is real or not. Like there's no. a scene where the Ripper takes a, a razor blade like out of like a shaver, you, know, <laughs> you know, a little bitty razor blade and cuts this girl from forehead across her eyeball, and somehow it's going all the way through all these bones, all the way down. It's going to- all the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think thinking of uh, of uh, kill scenes might not be Felchi's. Fulci. Fulci. Whatever the fuck the guy's Fulci. name is. You know what Felchi is? Felchi. Yeah. Yeah. You know what Felchi is? What yeah. you just said. Yeah, that's where that's where uh, when uh, a gay man comes another gay man's ass and then they use it, they use a straw to suck the cum out. I'm so glad that you know that. Uh, I'm sure you wrestled Jimmy Felcher, right? Yes. Yes. That's how I know what it is. That's how that's what I I know it is. But uh, he reached out to try to get booked the other day, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Great boobs all the way through this thing. Yeah, there's a lot of. There's a lot of sex, sexual instances in this movie for sure. This, this yeah. one is really sleazy, and I mean, it's, it's yeah, very it's sleazy. Just full of sex, but it 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 takes place at a time in New York where you know you had streets upon streets, live sex, sex shows like going um, yeah. with with X-rated uh, theaters, and this is like the world it takes place in. 
you know, there's scenes that take place at live sex shows or at porno mm-hmm. theaters or at, you know, it's definitely a very product this time, like sleaze fest. And it's something he definitely leaned into with this. For sure. Which it could have been off a lot more grimy had they not made him voiced by Donald Duck. <laughs> Why Disney didn't sue the shit out of these people, I have no clue. <laughs> you can't patent a voice. Yeah, but yeah, come man. on, you know. Yeah, they still refer to like like Donald Duck. It still says that in the description, like Donald Duck. It says Disney's. Like, <laughs> it's funny. I don't know. One of the things that cracked me up, uh, like, let's talk just about the beginning. Um, opening scene, what I thought was a beautiful establishing shot, right? Because they're under the 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 bridge. And it's like a long pan of the, 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 the city of New York. You're looking at all the buildings. You're like, wow, this looks cool. And then it goes this like homeless dude and his dog playing fetch. Yeah. And it's you know, like super voiced over. And he's like, hey, come here, boy. And he's throwing it. And then the dog just comes back with this <laughs> decapitated, bad looking hand. And then it freezes with the dog holding the hand. And then that's, it says New York Ripper. And then it just keeps there. And then the cast is just going over a golden retriever. With a fucking corpse's <laughs> like rotted hand in its mouth. One of the lines, uh, when the homeless dude, I don't know why they thought this was important to put in there, bends over to pick up the stick to throw it, and he says, "Oh my balls!" Yeah. <laughs> oh, my balls. Yeah, oh my balls! Yeah, just out of nowhere. Right. Oh my balls! <laughs> another, another, uh, another uh, uh, thing that they put in that just cracked me up is like the scene right after that. So they you know, they go through the credits. And there's a girl on a bicycle and, you know, they're, they're definitely making it. To, there's a car following her and you, you definitely get the idea. This is the killer following her. And there's a red, like, like beetle bug in front of her. And she actually like, like hits it with her bike. And she like looks over. She's like, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about Boston. <laughs> she was like, you need to go back in the kitchen where you belong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but it's always funny, like what kind of response you hit somebody's I was just oh, thinking about like, Boston. I'm talking, sorry, I was just thinking about Boston. <laughs> and then she's to get murdered. And and you never yeah, see that girl again. There was no No, they killed her. They did? They killed her in the next scene. Oh, you're <laughs> right, you're right. But, check uh, it. Like they she she bikes onto the Staten Island ferry. You're right. You're right. All those guys get out of their car. And she gets in the, the guy who was driving the car that like she hit that talked shit to her. And she's writing like shit on, on the inside of his window with his lipstick. And then the New York Ripper comes up quacking like he wants some fucking animal crackers and stabbing her with a switchblade. <laughs> this dude's thing you notice was he's a he's a, a gutter and then he likes to chop nipples. Yeah, yes. yeah. There is a scene where like the razor blade goes straight through that nipple, like just... yeah, straight through the. That's like later in the movie, but this opening kill too. And I thought it was weird. Like, um, she's wearing like a shirt and then a jacket over it, and like you can see her erect nipple through the jacket, kind of fucking pencil <laughs> eraser she got. Uh, but then like he goes and cuts her right through the tit, right through the nipple in the jacket, and I was like, that was the first. I was like, oh okay, that's his thing, I guess. <laughs> and then it cuts like her getting like an autopsy and her belly st- stitched up, her neck stitched up, and then her titty stitched up right across the nipple. So I don't know if you guys put this together, but <laughs> so the cops, uh, that girl right there, that 
died. The cops are interviewing somebody, uh, her mother, interviewing her mother. And <laughs> the cops say, do you know anything about it? She goes, yes, a man named Charlie. Uh, I think it was Charlie. I don't know. But uh, a man called her and booked her for a modeling gig. And they said, oh, yeah. Do you know anything else about it? And she goes, yeah, he sounded like a duck. Yeah. Now, what model <laughs> is going to take a job? There was so many parts that like, we're just so weird to be like the, the scene where the, all right. So there's the sexually like promiscuous wife. Yeah, uh, character who's like taking videotapes of her, like cheating on her husband or going to these sex shows or whatever, getting fingered it. by or toad, getting toad. That's what I'm about to talk to. She goes <laughs> into this bar and she look like it's like she looks like you know, like hoity toity. She's in like a white trench coat, she's very well maintained, and she sits down at this table. And these two guys come up and they're like, I wonder if she wearing panties. And he's like, I bet she ain't. And the next thing you know, the dude's stuffing his toes. In her fucking vagina, just meeting her under the table, and she's like into it. She's like, "Word, yeah." <laughs> These little piggies going to market now. What's up? <laughs> and and then like out of nowhere, the other like they kept saying like, "Yeah, tell us you like it, tell us." And then when she finally says it, they like pull the table away so that like the rest he of the runs away. He's he's ankle deep in her vagina. Like this is a running game they do. That they, they, <laughs> how has happened before? Now, it was we are we are making this sound like it's a horror comedy. It's not. No, no, no. They're not. trying to be serious with this movie, but it might as well be a horror comedy because there's just so many outlandish, funny things that happen in this damn thing. Yeah, yeah. At one point, they think the killer is this guy with two fingers. I didn't figure out why it was that, but she ends yeah. up in bed with that guy too. Yeah, she, he was all like feeling her up, like missing the two fingers with his weird deformed hand. Like <laughs> she was all about it until she was tied out after the sex and clearly and had been the- beaten. And he's passed out. And then the radio <laughs> DJ comes on, like, "Hey, Mister Two Fingers, why don't you leave the prostitutes alone?" And she looks down, <laughs> sees two fingers tied in the bed, like, "He's not even the fucking killer." I don't know where they got the two finger thing from. I don't think they I don't think they put much thought into it, but thank God they made it because the three of us are entertained right here, right yeah. now. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, it the on gore level and special effects, it does a great job. Um when they when they do the slices, they make it a, a point to make them look deep and like like pull apart. Like Pondo said earlier, there's the one where they run the razor blade through the girl's eyeball. Um, you can literally see it like splitting the eyelid yeah. and, and the nipple the eyeball, and then it was pretty fucking gnarly. Now, now let me tell you though, while he's running this razor through her eye, she never moves. She I mean, was she tied does... to the bed. Huh? She was tied to the bed. Okay, you wouldn't twitch your neck or nothing if somebody's running a fucking razor through your eyes. I didn't want to fuck the special effects up, Pondo. (laughs) (laughs) 
They already couldn't even afford to put boom mics in to record these people's acting. They had to record afterwards. I hear you. You know, it's really funny as you watch the credits. And this was filmed, obviously, in New York. Um, but it's like Matteo Genovese, you know, Machachano, you know, like it's like all these super. And it's like, you know, you could have probably just threw like 50. Fifteen dollars in any quarter and got somebody to act this shit out. You wouldn't even have to re re record. Like like if Henry Lauder could have done it, you could have fucking done it, Lucci. You right. Know? And and the handsome cop is like sixty five years old. You thought he was handsome, Pondo? I mean, you thought he was handsome. Girl, he was no, check it out. So girls are like attracted to this guy. He worked he girls. Must, he was he was hiring prostitutes. He was well, whatever. With- I mean. Okay, I guess when I'm 65, I'll find out. I'll I'll get a prostitute or two and see how attractive I am to them. Oh, you're waiting till you're 65 for that to happen, huh? Yeah, can't do it right now. <laughs> well, yeah, fucking New York um, Ripper though. But hey, let me let me hit a couple things. Uh, I I made a couple notes before we wrap up. Um, a bottle of the vagina kill was brutal, super brutal. Yeah. Um, B, the most hilarious scene in this movie, and you just got done talking about um, the very dashing, and as you described, handsome (laughs) detective. Um, (laughs) When they find out where the last victim is, they rush to her house, right? And there's a traffic jam right in front of her house, and he acts like he's being, like, impeded by it. He goes around two cars and parks and runs across the street. He's there. (laughs) Not only is he there, he can't get the front door, so this old motherfucker who's already so winded from going across the street that has this like medieval spiral staircase that's encased in steel, and he's just uh, 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 just trying to climb up this fucking thing. And the last the last note I made was was old man versus spiral staircase, <laughs> the real <laughs> old man <laughs> But the funny part about that is, is he drove two cars ahead. He, he was like honking the horn, like, come on, come on. And then he drove two <laughs> cars. It, it, it wasn't just him. Like, he had the parade of cop cars behind him. Like, and he was like, we got to get around these guys. He's like, fuck it, I'm going the sidewalk. And he just pulls up like two car legs and parks. And it's like, you kids did that right there. <laughs> but so the other you- fucked up thing was, is the one victim literally saw her boyfriend doing it to her. Woke up in the hospital. Was like, I thought it was you, but it wasn't, and it fucking was. Yeah, you find out that was the killer. Right, right. She watched yeah. him do it. She. <laughs> so and then the reason he did it because what his daughter was in a hospital. She yeah. Lost her- yeah. That well, that's at least he why a, he took a duck phone so he would talk in a duck voice to her. Well, the nurse was reading a, a duck book. Some kind of duck book. So I don't know. He would he would read that book to her on the there phone. There was a duck toy. There was it? a duck toy. That's what there we was, was talking about. Yeah. That's the that's no the duck toy you you didn't see, Kelly. You said you didn't see it. Oh. Huh. <laughs> Apparently I did. Maybe I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's been a long day. <laughs> Either way, what we're trying to say is. We recommend it if you can see the comedy of New York Ripper. 
don't go I, in this expecting Fulci's zombie or Beyond the Door or, you know, any of the better movies he's made. This one's just a straight-up slasher. It's hard to take seriously because of the uh, um, Donald Duck, but he is actually going for 100% serious tone in this thing. Yes. Like, he's not doing it as a joke, even though the way we're describing it with Bottles the Vagina, I'm thinking about Boston, Isle My Balls, um, you know, like, all this sounds like it's a kind of, No, he, he's playing it straight. Uh, it feels dirty and sleazy because every scene takes place in, like, these scuzziest parts of New York. Like, it's under bridges. It's on um, where prostitutes uh, pick up Johns. It's uh, se- sex strip. Sex strip. It's, it's where, yeah, where the, all the porno theaters like are. Like a red light dis- district, basically. Um, one of the things I actually found out about this movie, uh, looking into it, was the, they actually had to export the original prints of this back to uh, Italy uh, to save it from the censorship of the U.S. because they were going to be uh, charged with um, spreading uh, filth or whatever at the time because they were trying to clean up New York at the time. Mm, so this, this became a video nasty and they tried to pull it from everywhere. But yeah, New York Ripper, um, I'd give it three. Yeah. It's not a great yeah. fucking movie, but it's, it's a, Yeah, three's fair. Three's fair. Yeah, I'll give it yeah. three. It, like it's it's gory as shit, um, boobs throughout. You got a killer that's 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 quacking like Donald Duck, which is utterly hilarious. But that's the 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 real problem is, and I would love to know uh, Falchi's thought process on this is why that? Yeah, because yeah, why <laughs> the entire thing is set like a very serious giallo, like who did it, like Tenebrae or um, Bird with Crystal Plumage. Or- Deep red, something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, bitch. <laughs> like at every kill scene. So like instead of being horrified by what you're seeing, and even though it's horrified images, you're like, what the fuck is Donald Duck doing here? <laughs> you just hear it like during the kill scenes, like yeah. in between screams, like <laughs> even during the final scene, like when you find out who he is, and there's no reason for him to talk like that. He starts doing it anyway. And then there's a great headshot scene. Super great headshot scene. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, New York Ripper, give it three. Um, I've seen it a few times now. Probably not my last time watching it. Uh, <laughs> I know we've made fun of it quite a bit on here just because of the the voice and whatnot. But give it a shot. It's, it's worth your time. Um, it's, it's just one of those weird movies that has no reason to exist. So you enjoy it for existing. You know, yeah. Before we wrap up, we want to hear what you people want us to watch. We don't care how shitty. I mean, listen, we we sitting here putting over the New York Ripper. So, (laughs) how how much worse could you people get? But um, believe me, you can. It doesn't have to be good. You don't have to tell us. You can find the email address, or uh, you can. Uh, write it on the Facebook page, but we want to hear what you guys want us to watch. Uh, I believe it's uh, uh, a at gmail.com. I believe Uh, we'll have a link in the description. Um, Send us what you want us to to go over. Um, Clearly we, I mean, we're hitting an average of, I think what, 16 movies an episode. So we got time. We'll watch your shit. Mouthofmadnesspod at gmail.com. Pounceofmanispod at gmail.com. So let us know. And I know there's a couple that we've been suggested that we haven't done yet. We have planning on it. 
Uh, it's not one of those things where it will be taken care of just like that, but we will take care of your movies. So give us time well, to get around to them. We, we pre-record some of these. Me and so. Chris, we take care of it like that. It's that third one that, that <laughs> has trouble. Hey. No, it was our fault we were an hour late and that we'd stop rolling the credits of the movie three minutes before recording. It's definitely on us, Pondo. <laughs> Whatever. Hey. All right. Well, I'm here I, now. We're taking our blame, Kelly. <laughs> I got to make it about you. <laughs> All right. Good night. Goodbye. Good night. Goodbye, everybody. We'll be back next Monday. <laughs> yeah.